You're listening to E-Commerce Fastlane, episode 29. Welcome to E-Commerce Fastlane, the podcast show to help you build, launch, grow, and scale a wildly successful e-commerce company. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. Learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your Shopify store. And now, your host and e-commerce entrepreneur, Steve Hutt. Hey there, it's Steve, and welcome back to the e-commerce Fastlane podcast. Now, this is your first time listening. This is an e-commerce show where we have honest and transparent conversations about building and thriving online with your store powered by Shopify or Shopify Plus. Now, new episodes are available each week uh, with your favorite podcast player through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. Um, or you can also sign up now online at ecommercefastlane.com and be notified when new shows are being released. Now, on today's episode, I'm chatting with uh, Nick Molnar, who is the co-founder and CEO of Afterpay. Now, it's it's a great payment solution that's used by tens of thousands of Shopify stores. And, you know, it significantly improves the conversion rate of your store by, you know, offering your site visitor an, an easy way to pay uh, for their purchase, kind of in four equal installments, kind of no interest. So it's a really interesting payment option. It's a, quite a compelling solution. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get Nick on the show. So uh, let's jump in. So hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. You know, with that intro there, it's like I, I happened to notice this solution and a couple of my, uh, some friends uh, in the Asia Pacific region uh, mentioned that uh, you guys have uh, been doing quite well uh, on the Australian market and they're now here in North America. And I thought, well, you know, I wonder, I wonder if we should get Nick on and talk about kind of what you've done overseas and kind of what's now happening in North America with merchants. And that's one of the reasons why I thought it'd be great to have you on the show. Kind of before we jump into that, I just thought maybe on a high level, uh, if you could kind of share what Afterpay does and what problem that it solves for Shopify store owners. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's been amazing, the support that we've had from the Shopify team in Australia and more recently in the US. But to give a bit of an overview about what Afterpay does, our product is uniquely simple. So if you're buying a dress for $100, rather than spending $100, the customer pays four payments of $25 every two weeks. We then pay the retailer straight away. So we pay the retailer next day and we assume all of the risk. So it's our responsibility to recover money from the consumers on the due dates in the future. And the results have been really amazing around the uplifts in conversion, average order value, um, higher full price sales, lower returns, kind of all the key metrics that uh, stores are trying to solve, we, we address through this really simple, easy to understand product. So let's talk about your journey because I was one of the first questions I ask or second question because it's like you always wonder why people build what they build and it's it's it, it, I understand the problem that you're solving now but let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey kind of leading up to the launch of Afterpay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been I've had a a very lucky journey over the past kind of really 8 years. So so my background is from retail. Uh, my family was in jewelry. I actually sold the most jewelry on eBay in Australia out of my bedroom at university. Um and nice. <laughs> so that kind of, you know, cut my teeth in retail and really taught me everything that I know and then to cut a really long story short, 
uh, my neighbor at my parents' place uh, was a guy named Anthony Eisen. And he legitimately just approached me one day and he said, I don't mean to pry, but I see you're not, you're light on every night. What do you do? And so we got to know each other and he was running one of the large investment funds in Australia and we ended up building Afterpay together. So we raised our first round of money uh, a little bit over three years ago with 10 retailers and a couple thousand consumers. We then took the company public on the Australian Stock Exchange just nine months after our first round. So there's no real venture capital or private funding in Australia. So we went public. That was about two and a half years ago. And as of today, we process one in four online fashion transactions in Australia. We've got mm. um, over 17,000 retailers and more than 10% of the Australian population uses Afterpay. Uh, and then we launched into the US market just four months ago with the Urban Outfitters Group, so Urban Anthropology and Free People. And then since then, we've grown really fast. So we already have a 1,000 retailers signed on the platform within four months. So brands like Revolve, Kylie Jenner's Beauty Business, Rebecca Minkoff, and a variety of others, we've been really lucky. So, you know, my background was a really interesting kind of coming together of uh, retail meets millennial payment you know, generational shift. And that's really kind of the, the core of why Afterpay's resonated. But it was, it was, it's been a very lucky journey. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, thanks for sharing that. You know, I've done a little bit of reading uh, online kind of before I knew that I was going to be interviewing you today. And, and uh, you spend a lot of time kind of talking about millennials and you talk about commerce in general. And obviously, it, it's clear now based on having a retail background, uh, you know, over the last eight years or so. So, Let's talk about recommendations that you would have for Shopify merchants today if they're looking to engage and work with millennials as far as having them be their customers. Absolutely. So, I mean, I've got a little bit of a payment skew towards millennials, but I think it's really important. And uh, most retailers never really focus on how people pay for something because no one really says, oh, I love how I paid for that. No one says I <laughs> no. love, I love yeah. how I just, pay. but they say yeah. that they love Afterpay. And so there's just this really interesting um, macro trend that's happening across the world and it's affecting retail really without retail knowing that it's affecting them. And it all comes back to, so I'm 28. When the uh, 2008 recession hit, uh, I just turned 18. So I'd just become an adult. And all this media was pushed out through society that said, you should spend money that you have. You should make sure that you're in control and you're responsible. And what happened was the millennial cohort really took this advice on. And if you look at any of the graphs, there's the debit card growth across really the world, but particularly in the US market, just grew disproportionate to credit cards and a whole right. I mean, actually outstanding credit balances went backwards post 2008. And what no one really realizes is that two out of every three people aged 18 to 30 in the US actually don't own a credit card. Mm. They use debit cards. And mm. so there's just been this shift in how people spend their money. And it's impacting retail because there's different consumer behavior on debit cards versus credit cards. So to me, there's just, there's a lot of differences with how millennials shop and consume. Payments is definitely one of them. Uh, others are around their kind of social virality and how they engage with brands. And, you know, everyone says that millennials are fickle and disloyal, but actually kind of the opposite's true when you look at uh, how they've engaged with certain retailers in the market that have really shifted retail. And it's all driven by the millennial cohort. It's really fascinating. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I, I remember talking to some some friends recently about the kind of the social and kind of environmentally friendly brands that are out there. And, you know, they really are quite a passionate group of people that really do want to shop at brands that like to give back. Is that what, what you're seeing also? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're seeing a variety of different trends starting to come through that millennials are driving. So there's this whole uh, kind of purposeful scarcity. So if you look at brands like Supreme or uh, even just even Kylie as an example, you know, they're, they're exclusive drops. It's very targeted. It's very particular in how they merchandise for their customer, but they get their consumers. And I think there is just this shift that's flowing through retail where people who really resonate with this millennial cohort are starting to grow. And they're growing because in seven years' time, millennials will earn half of all disposable income in the US market. So millennials are really shifting this kind of buying, spending power. And some of these brands are starting to come through, but you've got Everlane with transparency. You know, you've got brands like Glossier and others who are just very clear to their purpose, very clear to why they exist. And I think that resonates with millennials. So let's talk about some of the benefits, you know, so let's say a Shopify store owner wants to use or, you know, that's why listening to the show, they may want to use Afterpay. Can you kind of share kind of some of the key benefits that a store owner could get if they in fact choose to use Afterpay? Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned at the start of the show, we're, we're live with thousands of Shopify retailers and really within the first kind of 24 hours that we'll go live with a retailer in, in Australia and more recently in the US, we'll generally process kind of 15 to 20% share of their total sales overnight. And it's pretty amazing to see that start to flow through. So when a retailer can see a substantial increase in conversion, retailers really get behind it and leverage it as, as a tool to really grow their business. So, you know, if you go to a product page where Afterpay partners, it'll actually say $100 or four payments of $25 by Afterpay. So below the price, there's the breakdown. And really that payment flexibility is what drives retail growth. So, you know, people might add the pair of shoes to go with their dress or they might just better justify buying the dress generally. But it's a basic retail concept that kind of has been digitalized, made cool. I mean, layaway has been around forever, but layaway is yeah. a bit boring, right? Yeah, <laughs> this, like, totally. This kind of makes layaway cool. It's just like the millennials version of layaway and they get it up front. So um, it is uniquely simple, but drives really powerful results. Yeah, and I can see the cross-selling opportunities that can happen too, because, you know, they have a certain kind of budget or you're looking around and then all of a sudden, hey, you know, if, with the right kind of web merchandising uh, on a Shopify store and uh, then showing complete the whole outfit and add something on, it's like, oh, well, really, uh, you know, add it on, double check. Oh, wow. And they have four equal pay, no interest. That's very interesting. So there's other competitors, I believe. There's notable ones that are kind of in this space right now um, that maybe have been here a little bit longer in North America. But can you share what your competitive advantage is? Like, how do you differentiate your, you know, your platform in the marketplace? Absolutely. Uh, and I think this kind of comes back to what I was saying before about these millennial retailers really understanding their place in the market. I think we really understand our place in the market. And we built our product to just be fundamentally the opposite of how consumer finance works. You know, traditionally credit products are built by making money from the customer, not the retailer. And we have purposely shifted the economics in favor of the customer 
where we charge the retailer a small fee, but it means that the customer genuinely gets a bona fide service at no cost above what they would normally pay. So from our perspective, you know, we're a retail tool. We're not a finance product. So we're not asking for a social security number. We're not asking for you to fill out a loan application form. We're just helping you buy that dress that you love. Consumers, they, their hesitation is they're thinking, what's the catch? And they're thinking, what's the catch? Because that's generally how finance has been built. And so we're, we feel really privileged to kind of be bringing this new mindset to how, how we believe millennials want to spend their money. And it comes back from this complete aversion towards credit. I mean, 85% of our customers use debit cards, not credit cards. So we are very purposeful, a retail tool, not a finance product. So. Am I right to assume that Afterpay assumes like all the risk for the retailer then? So you're saying that the the customer doesn't pay anything extra. The retailer, you said a small fee, because if a customer, I guess, chooses to not, let's say, complete all four payments, like how are you able to accept that risk? Yeah. uh, So we take all of that risk and we pay uh, the retailer next business day. So from a retailer's perspective, it's nothing different to what they would normally see through a payment provider. They send the product out straight away and we pay them up front. And then as far as any kind of chargebacks and things like that, that's all managed in-house through your organization. All covered by us, exactly. I see. So let's talk about retention because, you know, it's a it's a very popular topic for Shopify brands kind of to have a, a loyalty program. Like it really, it helps generate you know, lifetime value and brand advocates in that and just overall customer satisfaction. So is Afterpay involved kind of in the future of kind of loyalty or loyalty programs in general? Yeah, I mean, what's been really interesting in Australia is that Afterpay's grown to become the second largest traffic driver to retail behind Google now in the country. So our customers Mm. actually come to Afterpay to decide what they want to buy based on who actually accepts Afterpay. And so, you know, I think everyone says that, and I said this before, that I think it was Simon Sinek said millennials driven by free food and beanbags and that we're social media addicts who are hopelessly entitled because our parents have destroyed us. And I think the the kind of opposite is true. I think that uh, millennials are really, really loyal. And, you know, they've created this group now on Facebook called We Love Afterpay. Combined, these groups have a quarter of a million people. So how Afterpay plays in this environment to help retailers be more successful, I think is at the core of why we built what we built. It's very cool. I'm going to make sure I add that to the show notes. So let's make a little pivot. You know, the future, you know, of retail is kind of thinking hard about customers and kind of more importantly about their buying power of these millennials that we've been talking about. So what are your thoughts kind of like on the retail landscape right now? Because it, it seems to be always evolving. And so I just would like to have your feeling on that. The most successful retailers in recent times or the ones that have really grown quickly are the ones that have come out with a very purposeful identity. They know what they stand for. And a lot of the time their product is heavily curated. So some of the retailers only have a couple dozen products and they do what they do really well. Or you have other retailers uh, like Everlane yesterday coming out with a mission to reduce the amount of plastic within their organization. And so I think when you understand your identity and where that plays, I think that it it really starts to flow through your whole organization, how you communicate with your consumers. But this kind of purposeful scarcity, this focus on doing what you do and doing it well and going after a particular customer set that if you solve for actually does scale to mass, to me has been really 
I mean, that's that kind of buying power of millennials. I always say that millennials influence the mass. So if you solve for millennials, you're probably going to solve for a lot of other um, cohorts of people. You know, and hence the reasons why uh, a lot of uh, influencers uh, really helping drive a lot of brands on Shopify because of their large audience, engaged audience, and uh, and you know, and that's that's really where the market is, especially this fashion yeah. market. So it's pretty. But uh, no one would have anticipated that. You know, like no. who would have thought three, even three years ago, that influencers who had who have been around purely to build relationships to their consumers would be able to completely shift retail. It's amazing, but it's it because they stayed true to what they did for a long, long time until they landed on what they knew would resonate with their followers. And so, you know, I always have this conversation with my merchants and clients and stuff about kind of selecting the right kind of Shopify apps and marketing platforms. It's kind of the, the gist of this show is just kind of that kind of education of kind of the partner ecosystem or the marketing app ecosystem. And, you know, it the whole idea is creating a great kind of customer experience. Can you kind of share maybe some your current successes in North America and maybe kind of where Afterpay is kind of headed based on your success in, in Australia, which is pretty impressive. What's happening in North America right now? Yeah, well, look, I think within a four-month period of going live in the North American market, we've signed up over a 1,000 retailers. So our perspective is we're absolutely just at the beginning. We'd love to partner with a, with as many of the best retailers in the, in the country as we can. Um, the results have really exceeded all our expectations, and if you speak to any of our retailers, I think they'll vouch for that. From my perspective, the Shopify platform is, is amazing because you, know, you can get live with Afterpay within 20 minutes. It's really that simple to just plug and play. And so I think from a marketplace perspective or, you know, how Shopify merchants can leverage these apps, I think that puts them in a really unique position. In terms of what's the future for Afterpay, I mean, we we are already in 15,000 shop fronts now in Australia. So you can actually Afterpay in the physical world. Um, we haven't yet rolled that out in the US market, which has been quite purposeful. We've been focused on online, but, you know, we will roll that out in the new year. So really excited to partner with our existing retailers to start to roll that out into actually, you know, you can go and Afterpay in store, which is very, very cool. Yeah. And I noticed too, uh, that there's actually, uh, an iOS app available for Afterpay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I met Apple before we launched our app and I said to them, Hey, how, how does it work to get kind of traction within the app store? And they said, well, you know, we've got to, we've got to work really closely together. Anyway, we unveiled our app and within 24 hours, we were the number one most downloaded app in the whole app store in Australia. <laughs> um, so, you know, just, I think it shows the power of this customer base and this cult following that we've been lucky to build. Uh, but if you go to the app, you'll see our shop directory. So customers come to our app to decide what they want to buy. You can manage your account. And then that is where, you know, our consumers engage with the in-store environment. So they go into our app to, to transact in-store and get their barcodes. That's very exciting. I am actually downloaded it on my phone before the episode and uh, I'm going to have a chance to play around with it and see, you know, I'll put kind of my findings uh, kind of in the show notes too. We are nearing the end of the show, but uh, do you have any kind of closing comments or kind of any kind of takeaways that you would like to share with the listeners today? I mean, the, the key thing for me is I know payments have been like inherently boring, but they're kind of becoming sexy again, right? Mm, yeah. I think that no one says I love how I paid for that, but yeah. they are starting <laughs> to show some real appreciation towards certain payment methods. And it is because, you know, millennials ge- genuinely do have had this generational shift of how they spend their money. They 
prefer debit cards over credit cards. And really, it's retail, it's us in retail who are fighting for share of wallet across all these other amazing services that are now consuming this millennial's disposable income. So, you know, we, we would love to work with, with as many Shopify brands as we can, but also just to see this millennial cohort really start to get these these cool services that, that meet their expectations and grow the retail ecosystem. So how can people learn more about Afterpay? On our website, it's got a, a whole range of information, case studies, who else we work with. Uh, as you mentioned, our app has our shop directory, uh, but just get in touch with us. We've got a great group of people in San Francisco, New York, all over uh, the US market. So easily found. Uh, good stuff. So I'll make sure um, all of these notes are going to be updated. Uh, you can go to afterpay.com. Like I said, it really is. I, I, on my on my demo store, I was able to add it on to, and you're right, it was 15 minutes. The template that is kind of defaulted as far as how this solution works, uh, it came right below my buy now button and it's all very slick. It's nice when you go to afterpay.com and look at the uh, the list of merchants that are currently live with it and then go to some of their stores and actually see how they implemented it because you'd be really surprised how nice and slick and clean and it really does break up the price for you uh, into the four equal payments. It's a really great solution. Well, that's it. I guess for today's episode, I really, I hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation today with Nick uh, from Afterpay and, you know, the increased conversion rate and I guess the average order value, it really makes us a compelling solution to test on your Shopify store. And, you know, I'll make sure, like I said, I'll add some of these links uh, in the show notes, how this and other stores, how it's been implemented. It's really interesting. You know, end of the day, you know, as a site owner, you should be constantly testing to improve your KPIs, you know, having a, a data and strategy driven approach, you know, to growing your e-commerce company. So if you add Afterpay, it will give your visitors another option uh, so they can afford what they want. And, you know, as Nick mentioned, a lot of them don't have credit cards anyway, so they're using the debit cards. So this is another great option for them and having four equal payments with no interest. And it's a really interesting shift instead of having to charge extra it's actually the same price and a small fee uh, for you as the merchant. So, And finally, I'd like to thank you, my loyal listeners of the show. Uh, it's my hope that this uh, podcast is really offering you a ton of value through growth strategies, tactics, and kind of exclusive insider tips on the best Shopify apps and marketing platforms, you know, all with my personal goal to help you grow and scale with Shopify. You know, thanks for again for really carving out some time today and listening to the show. I, I truly appreciate you and your entrepreneurial journey. And enjoy the rest of your week and keep thriving with Shopify.